A sale isn't made until the client pays their bill. That's when the sale's actually finally made. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 116 of Unscripted. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the admiral of antibacterial hand sanitizers, the one and only Dr. Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am doing well, my friend. It's hard, hard, hard to believe that it's September, but here we are. And I, this is always a fun time of year where it's like, it, you know, I think things start to get cranking and I love that. And so I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing fantastic um, off of a few days of meetings, which is always exciting and just uh, energized for what uh, the, the rest of the month has to bring. You know what also energizes me, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, Kirby, that'd be the good, good people at Common Skew. You know, one of the things we talk about, and I think we touched on this last week, but I want to accent it again because, mm-hmm. you know, we all know it's a great cloud-based software to run your distributor business. I don't think there's a question about that. But one of the things is that's really a great about CommonSkew. It's the perfect application for teams um, yeah. so that they can collaborate. And I know you use it quite a bit. It allows your team to, to your team to collaborate much higher. When you think about CommonSkew and that collaboration uh, among a team, what is the one thing that comes to mind as a customer? You know what? I think what it is is that it allows me to keep working on the rest of the business. Like, as you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but Dustin, one of my key players, left this week. And and so obviously I'm wearing more hats. And so my team is stretched a little thinner. And so I want to make sure that the end user doesn't notice that. And so because of CommonSkew, it allows me to collaborate with teams and say, hey, can you help me with this? And can you do this? And it's allowed us to keep things flowing. And that's super important and, you know, allows us to grow our business. Absolutely. And, and you know, you do wear a lot of hats. And while you're wearing that fedora and you can have your your team help you get things done. And, and I don't think people look at CommonSkew enough as a, as a collaboration and a communication tool. And it really, really is. So yeah, absolutely. As a listener, if you'd like to learn more, and gosh darn it, you know you do. For sure. Go to commaskew.com slash unscripted. Learn a little bit more about that platform and how it can help you take your distributorship to the next level. You won't be sorry you did. Kirby, are you prepared to record at a wax paper level today? I am going to do my damnedest, my friend. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start off, if that's okay. Yes. It's something I don't think you and I have ever spoke about. This is um, the week of uh, 17th anniversary of 9-11. Mm. And, you know, not uh, not the most pleasant topic, but a lot of heroic stories out of that. Um, so you can look at it one of two ways. I don't think you and I have ever talked about uh, our individual experiences on 9-11. And I'd, I'd just love to get you know, your perspective as you reflect back on, uh, you know, the 17th anniversary of something that was so scary and so horrific. What was your experience like in Coshocton, Ohio, as, as uh, all the events unfolded on that day? You're right. We haven't talked about this. And, um, yeah, I think it's interesting because no matter who you talk to, they can tell you where they were. Um, you know, and for me, what I remember very vividly is it was the first day that I took Jade to daycare. Um, so Skylar has, was, uh, I don't know, three years old and Jade was three months old. 
And so literally, um, I had taken the day off of work because we were getting ready to uh, open a retail business called Candy Bouquet. And I'd taken the day off so we could go and put furniture in the, the new space and, and, you know, get ready. And I had dropped off my child at daycare and driven home. And that's when the TV's on and essentially was it Bryant Gumble who came on and started to explain the smokes coming out of uh, the first tower. And I remember vividly standing in my room watching it. And before, like just before the second plane arrived, I said, oh my God, this is a terrorist attack. And then the second plane came in mm-hmm. and it was, you know, the moment you're just like, well, what should I do? Right. Yeah. I've got to, I just dropped off kids and my wife and I at the time, and I don't know if you know this bill, but we lived across, you know, within a mile of a power plant mm-hmm. that is here in Coshocton County. And we were debating whether to go get the, our kids Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, no, we want to leave them there because if, if we're being attacked, this power plant is going to be a target. Right. And these are the things that were going through my mind. And then whenever I think of the, the day, the next thing I think of is the, the plane that I feel like people, they talk about, but it's that, that group of people who rallied together to take that down the plane in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And so that's the people that's the group of people who I was like, oh man, we need to celebrate them right. more. So th- those are sort of just the things that pop into my head. That's interesting. That's really good stuff. I was actually living in New York right. at the time. Um, and I was working at Halo Branded Solutions. It was about 30 days after we had filed for the bankruptcy. Wow. And so a lot of, lot of crisis that day. And I had actually, that uh, morning, I, along with my boss's boss, had fired my boss. Mm. Um, and then you get the reports in, you know, so it was already an emotional day, a difficult day. And, you know, you're explaining to all the staff of what's going on in terms of just personnel, simple personnel issues in in a company that's been somewhat in crisis, Mm. um, and trying to, trying to explain what's going on. And then you start getting those reports, Hey, a plane hit the world trade center. And you're thinking, Oh, it was a Cessna. It was something like that. Right. You know, I, I don't know if it was the internet crashing or just because I was in the New York area, um, couldn't couldn't really get any information. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you started getting it in dribs and drabs and very quickly realized it was a terrorist attack. We sent everybody home. And here's what I remember most about that day. Um, it was a gorgeous day. I mean, it was, and you, you hear this, anytime somebody talks about that day and you were in the Northeast, it was not a cloud in the sky. It was like 78 degrees. And I remember going home, um, none of our cell phones worked. I mean, the cell phone towers were just almost dead. And um, I remember sitting at home and I turned on TV and you're just watching it, trying to make sense of it all. And it was so quiet outside. So I had the windows open because, again, it was a really nice day. And then every once in a while, just violently, the F-16s that were patrolling the airspace above New York would fly by and Mm -hmm. just just destroy the silence and you were quickly reminded that this was you know a terrorist attack and i remember even you know i lived about 15 miles north of the city and you could see the smoke from mm-hmm. you know the the, the burning buildings and, and what was left of them but what i remember was you know we, we uh, i knew a few, a few people who were friends of friends that uh, passed away uh in in the world trade center and they worked up at canner two of them worked up at canner fitzgerald 
and I remember going to funerals and I remember going to uh, those those things, but I remember all the celebrations of life. And so I always look back on 9-11 with mixed emotions. It was certainly a hard day for our country, certainly a hard day for me. I can't, I still physically cannot go um, to the World Trade Center site. We took the kids, I'd say about four or five years ago to New York City, and they just finished the uh, footprint, mm-hmm. um, the, the two building footprints um, with the memorial. They had not opened the museum yet. And uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, I remember walking away and just crying. I just could not take it. Um, but I think back on all the heroism of that day and, and the first responders who, who, you know, risked their life and not even, you know, not knowing what they were getting into and, and just, you know, the good of humanity and, and that came out of that, you know, the way we rallied as a country, the way we, uh, you know, had empathy for each other, and I, I kind of miss that. Um, I hate that tragedy tends to bring that uh, bring that out in us. But I always have mixed emotions on 9-11. It's a really, uh, it's a challenging day for me personally, and mm-hmm. I thought it would be interesting to get our perspectives. And, you know, we don't want to be tone deaf. It's something that happened. It's something that uh, I think as a country, you know, like you said, you don't forget. You don't forget when where you were when you found out the uh, shuttle space shuttle Challenger blew up. Right. You don't forget where you were when John Lennon was assassinated. You don't forget where you were when you found out Elvis died. You don't forget where you were when JFK was shot, all depending on your age, obviously. Or you don't forget where you were when, when man first walked on the moon. And it's just one of those seminal moments that uh, I can't shake. Um, I, I, I can literally get my headspace right back in that moment. And I just, uh, you know, this is a podcast where we deal with marketing and branding and and a lot of fun. But again, I think it's important to talk about these things sometimes. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, in the reality of it is it's something that affects us and has affected us. And so you're right. I think it's an important topic that we at least touch on. And, you know, hey, uh, let us know what, you know, what what the audience's sort of memories of that is. It's a. It's something that's affected all of us. Absolutely. I'm sorry to start off on such a somber note, Kirby. No, but, it's uh, no problem. It's all great. It's part of life. So yeah, do you have is. a topic you'd like to move on to? Yeah, for sure. And I make this sort of a, a step-up transition. I mean, again, you talk about being tone deaf. And so I want to... I want to talk about, you know, as we record this, we're getting ready for, you know, we're, we are knee deep in the hurricane season sure. here in um, the U.S. And uh, another hurricane is coming at us as we speak. And certainly I want to be cognizant of those folks who are being affected and that sort of thing. And the other thing I think it might give us an opportunity to do is just to go, hey, guys, there are a lot of people who people in factories that are in sort of harm's way. And um, one of the things I always think about is, hey, some of these folks are going to have to shut down their businesses for the sake of safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes, um, you know, those of us who don't live in the, you know, sort of the eye of the hurricane, right. um, we can be a little insensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, the, to those situations. And so I just wanted to throw this out there. And I think, I think you'll agree, but I wanted your take that, hey, for those of us who aren't, you know, I'm in Ohio, so I'm not, you know, we'll get rain in a few days. It's no mm-hmm. big deal. For, but we need to be patient and, and frankly, help educate our, our customers on some of those things too. And, and so that we are cognizant that there are humans behind the making of, of these promo materials. You know what I mean? Yeah, no question. And I mean, look, uh, I think we're all... Uh, saying some silent prayers and maybe some audible prayers for for the people in the Carolinas who are um, going to be impacted, impacted uh, dramatically by 
the hurricane that's that's coming in and we would be tone deaf if we didn't say that. So definitely thinking about all our friends yes. down in the southeast who are, are definitely going to be impacted by this. And, you know, thankfully it seems like the storm's weakened a little bit, but it's going to still be an extremely serious storm. And uh, it's going to impact people. It's going to impact businesses, and those businesses impact real people's lives. So, you know, if your mugs don't get printed and shipped on time, get over it. These are real people that have real lives that <laughs> exactly. uh, are, are far more important at the end of the day than uh, whether your mug order got shipped on time. Totally good. Okay, cool. I just wanted to touch on that. Yeah, you got. why don't you go with another one, Kirby? Why don't you have another topic? Okay. I'm giving you, I'm giving you back-to-back opportunities here. Yeah, um, so... I'm going to go with this one. Um, I, I've got a bunch of topics uh, this week, and I, I was trying – I'm calling audibles on a bunch of these. So the U.S. Open just yes. finished. Yes, uh, um, And so uh, the big topic, the big uh, <laughs> conversation coming out of this was the, um, co- the controversy with Serena Williams. Right. And her um, – getting point penalties and then a game penalty. And this was, of course, on a main stage in the finals of the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some opinions about this, but I, 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 you and I have talked about the U.S. Open and how much you enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wanted to see, if, if you're cool with it, I'd like to get your take on it, and then I'll give you mine as well. Sure. Um, you know, I grew up in an era where John McEnroe was my favorite tennis player. Yep. Um, my mother, who was a huge tennis player, hated John McEnroe. Hated him mainly because of the antics. Um, I wouldn't say I loved McEnroe because of the antics, but as an 11-year-old kid, pretty <laughs> funny stuff. You know, right. you've got to be serious. Are you serious? You know, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, um, I have mixed emotions about the Serena Williams thing. I think, you know, first of all, the rule in tennis that your coach can't coach you is stupid, and I think that needs to go away. It's the only sport I'm aware of where your coach can't coach you during a ma- match or a game. Mm-hmm. So do I think that the coach was coaching Serena? Yeah, absolutely I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, come on, what kind of – please. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think – you know, I I try to put myself in her shoes and Serena's shoes. You know, she she almost she had to fight for her life last year after she gave birth. She had a really rough childbirth, and she's had to work very very hard to come back and be close to the level of player that she was before um, giving birth to her child. So I have a lot of admiration and respect for her. I think she's probably one of the greatest ten athletes of all time. I, I have a, a huge uh, a lot of respect for her. Um, and I understand her frustration because I, you know, again, I've been a connoisseur of tennis most of my life, and I, you can very much see that chair umpires do play favorites, not mm-hmm. only among uh, men versus women, but also different players regardless of, of gender. Um, so I think she started off um, respectful. I think mm-hmm. she started off uh, fair, and then it quickly devolved into she got very, very upset. And for lack of a better term, emotional about it. And I think when we allow our emotions to really rule what we're saying and what we're doing, that's when we get into trouble. That's not to say she wasn't well within her right to do that. Um, do I think he should have docked her a, a uh, point, let alone a game? Probably not. But uh, I, I, my, my biggest thing with it, Kirby, I think, is would she have done this had she been winning? <laughs> And, and I don't know that, and I'm not making an accusation here. This is very, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells here. I got to be honest. Yep. Um, 
I don't know if she was she would act that way if she were winning. The fact is she was getting smoked, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that played a factor. Whether anyone wants to acknowledge that or not. That being said, I do think the rules were being uh, applied unfairly to her. I'm not sure her reaction was appropriate, but I do think the chair umpire was wrong. And my biggest cha- concern was, and I, I can't remember the, the winner's name, how that, and that's the problem. I can't yes. even remember the winner's name. 100% the problem. Because it was overshadowed by a temper tantrum. Yep. And um, now, granted, Serena... I thought handled the uh, trophy ceremony with grace and dignity and told the fans there to stop booing. And I think she was gracious, gracious in her defeat at the end. Mm-hmm. But man, during it, it was hard to watch. It was hard yeah. to watch. So I, I don't know if I have a definitive take on it, but those are my thoughts. Cool. No. So I probably am not going to walk on eggshells. Okay. Um, so I think she was a jerk and mm-hmm. the end. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you can argue the idea of whether coaching is, should be allowed in tennis, and that's perfectly fine, but it's also been that way for 100 years. This is right. not a brand new rule to Serena Williams. Right. Right? Like, I played uh, tennis, and it, it's like, that's not new, right? Like, it's not something that suddenly they're like, they changed it, and so right. it's pass interference all of a sudden. No. Right. That, so, um, so that's number one. Number two, I think the, over, like, the thing that's overlooked is she was being a jerk. Yeah, she was being a jerk, and yeah. the the chair umpire was within his, his rights to to do whatever he did. She broke a racket, and right. by the way, that's a game penalty or point penalty every day of the week. Again, those are these are not new things. The thing right. that my take out of this is, and this is where I sort of get off on a little bit of a rant is I feel like as a culture we've outkicked the coverage on on almost every societal issue right now. And it reminds me of the conversation that you and I had a, a few weeks ago about animal crackers. Are there challenges with how humans treat animals? Yes. Does taking the cages off of animal crackers address that? Mm-hmm. That would be no. And so one of my issues afterwards, um, you know, is Serena said that this was sexist or this was this or that. Right. Look. That I feel like that's a cop out. I really do. Right. I, has has Serena Williams faced racism? Yes. Has she faced sexism? Yes. That day was not one of those times. She, that like you said in the aftermath, she acted with grace. Great. I'm glad to give her credit for that. But in the middle of it, she acted like an ass, mm-hmm. and that's what she was penalized for. And no, like John McEnroe as a guy was literally booted out of the Australian Open for Mm -hmm. being an ass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, are there times that guys get away with it? Yeah, there's also times that Serena Williams has gotten away with it too. Right. And so I feel like those are the moments when you you play the the sexism card that devalues when it's really sexism. Yeah. No, and and that's my take on that. I I don't, I can't disagree with any of your thoughts and your opinions. it's one of those things no one can go into someone's head and no intent. Right. And so you have to take things at face value and, and things are as they appear, at least to you or me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to agree with you. I'm going to be nice and straddle that you're fence. Gonna be, gonna be you're going to be Switzerland. But, you I know, can. I think at the end of the day, it's one of those moments where we each have the ability to take responsibility for our own actions. Yeah. And that's the part that I feel like in that moment, I'm not sure she did. I, I take the Billie Jean King stance. Her stance was afterwards, hey, I think Serena overreacted and was, you know, certainly unprofessional. But 
uh, she said, I thought the chair umpire overreacted too. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the most true statement of all. Fair enough. All right. So, Kirby, I wanted to actually, let's turn it to business real quick. I love um, it. I would like to know from a distributor's perspective, your strategy for turning a sale into repeat business, right? You're going to get one-off sales. I always say that, you know, it's easy to sell somebody once. The hard thing is to sell them a second time. What is your internal strategy with your organization to take that one-time transactional sale and turn that into a repeat client relationship? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the probably my first reaction is to work on creating some level of relationship before the sale starts, but I don't think that's your question. Um, and so, you know, I think the reality of it is, is you are going to get those transactional sales. And the, the first thing that pops into my head, and I think the lazy answer, not the lazy answer, but the easy answer is that you're going to say, well, we're going to give them great customer service and we're going right. to do that. And by the way, I think that's a good answer because that's true. Because if you don't do that, you'll never turn it into a long-term, mm-hmm. a long-term relationship. But I actually think one of the things that pops into my head is, is, following up after to help the client be successful in whatever they were trying to do. So in other words, um, once the invoice has been sent, once the ships have been, or the pens have been shipped, whatever the item is, is following up to say, okay, so how can we help you um, promote it? How Mm -hmm. can we help you, you know, is there something we can do through social? Is there something that we can do from a strategy perspective that just sort of promotes uh, your overall event? Um, I think that kind of getting into the head of the new client and saying, how can you kind of show value um, after the actual transaction is done? That's the first thing that pops into my head. Okay. No, and I think that's great. I think anytime you can um, show care, I love that. And when you follow up, when you ask hard questions, when you ask for honest feedback, when when you complete the circle of the sale, right? I always say, a sale isn't made until the client pays their bill. That's when the sale is actually finally made, right? Right. But when I you like can take that. opportunities throughout that process after the product's been delivered to follow up how to go, and you really end up building that relationship, I think that's – and you, you, you kind of what you said is you use opportunities to follow up with your clients to ensure that they're not just satisfied but they're delighted that you have actually delivered – marketing joy (laughs) right (laughs) that's what that's the ultimate goal my friend kirby do you know who else delivers marketing joy who's that bill oh that would be the awesome fantastic solid good goods at gold star you know one of the things gold star would like to do kirby is shift your clients thinking from one color to full color you know it's an easy way to add value and enhance your client's brand is moving their thought process from a simple one color design into a full color or multicolor decoration and you know what's great about Gold Star? What's that? That's free from additional setup charges or run fees. Mm. Gold Star, as you well know, Kirby, yeah. has the largest selection of full-color decorated writing instruments, including pencils and dozens of metal and plastic pen styles. They even have a complimentary line of full-value-priced, full-color stationery. Did you know that? Did you I know they had writing paper? I don't know that I did know that. Well, Bill, now you do. Oh, you're more than welcome, Kirby. I've got more info for you. Okay. So do you need help with designing on full color? Of course you might. Gold Star can help you with that simple color design themes, which add a pop of color and, oh, my favorite word, flair to your client's designs. 
Themes cover dozens of vertical markets, season holidays, events, and even more. So if you want, here's an amazing offer I've got for you, Kirby, and all oh, our listeners sweet. on full color decoration. Let's get an amazing deal on Gold Star's item LNS, the Ellipse Softly Metal Pen with Styles at only 99 cents on a C. And that price sweet. includes color jet full decoration. And as always, that free ground shipping and never any setup charges or run fees. So for more information and download an unbranded flyer so you can send this to your clients, folks, go to goldstarpens.com slash L-N-S. Larry, Nancy, Sam, 99. You won't be sorry you did. Love it. Kirby, you ready to start some fill in the blank? Let's do it, my friend. All right. So I'm going to ask you some social media questions today, Kirby. Okay, cool. Your least favorite feature on Facebook is? My least favorite feature on Facebook is, I, I guess, probably the idea that people can tag you on your, uh, your page, regardless of whether you want to be tagged, right? Like, I think that, I don't know if this has happened to you very often, Bill, but I think when there is nothing more annoying than somebody who just gets into... Uh, direct marketing business or a new, you know, they're selling sunglasses or whatever mm-hmm. the hell they got. And all of a sudden they tag every single person who they've ever known in the history of time on their Facebook page right. as if that they, as if I'm suddenly endorsing their product. Um, that is, I think, wildly presumptuous. Yes. Um, but the reality of it is some people just don't understand those social sort of um, graces. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that Facebook allows that to happen. Now, you know, I think there's so many times where tagging is appropriate. And so I don't know how Facebook would possibly um, police that other than maybe saying, hey, you can't tag more than this many people in a post. Um, but, yeah, that's probably my least favorite because – there's nothing more annoying than when somebody I don't really know all of a sudden tags me in something because I just know it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, and you know, generally we don't respond to each other's fill in the blank, but I'm going to respond to this. Okay. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I've had a couple of times where people are promoting something or um, they're, they're doing something, and I get tagged, and it's that presumption of I'm endorsing it. And yes. um, it's, it's rude. It's disrespectful. And uh, it, what it does is pisses me off. Yeah. To, and I will go in there and un- untag myself. Oh, I do that on a regular basis. I am a world-class untagger. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You and I have talked about this in the past. And, like, this is, like, from my perspective, this is the Facebook version of group texting. Mm-hmm. Like, d- don't, like, can we just text one at a time? Do you have to include me in a 20-group message where everybody gives a thumbs up and thank you and my phone just blows up for like a day? Right. Nope. Totally get it. All right, Kirby. All right. So when we have been doing content for a while and I see other people who are new contents popping up on a regular basis. So when you see others in our industry starting new content, you think? Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. I, I actually, funny you bring this up. I was talking, I was having some meetings this week and talking when I started blogging for Brand of Eight. And here's what I remember. This was three years ago, three and a half years ago. Yep. You were doing Delivering Marketing Joy and writing yep. the occasional blog. I don't think you were nope. super intentional about the blogging, but you were very intentional about Delivering Marketing Joy. Yep. Um, I was blogging. Promo Kitchen would have an occasional blog post or podcast. There was your content in the industry for the most part. <laughs> yeah. For the for the most part. I mean, yeah. yes, there's probably some things I'm missing from ASI and promo marketing and all that, but that was pretty much it. Now it's a cacophony 
of yeah. of I don't want to say noise because that sounds very disrespectful to people who are like ourselves who are creating content that's thoughtful and meaningful, but it's hard to keep up. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good problem to have because I think the cream rises to the top. Right. And uh, so when I see someone who is looking to build their business and incorporate content marketing within that um, within that structure, I good for you. Good good on you. But just yes. follow through. Follow yeah. through. Love it. Love it. Love it. Kirby, <laughs> the social media platform you thought that was the next big thing but died a quick and painful death was? Oh, yeah, it's popping into my head. It was the live streaming video. Um, I believe you're talking about Blab. Nope, it's not oh. Blab. There was, there was like, there was Meerkat, there was, Blab was there, and then there was another one. And it was actually one that I really liked. God. And, and I mean, that's how quickly it died is I don't even remember the name. Right, of it. right. Um, but it, was, it came out at about the same time as Meerkat. I actually think Twitter kind of took it over. That was mm-hmm. like, and I thought, okay, with the partnership with Twitter, doing live streaming video. Yeah. And that's where Facebook crushed it, I think. Right. Um, but I really liked that one because, like, I actually, you may recall this. I was actually um, doing content on there where I would practice my keynotes because it was a way for to get kind of live feedback. Um, and I apologize, I can't remember the name of, of the actual app, but I thought, yeah. oh, this live streaming thing. But then Facebook comes in, Instagram comes in, and does what they do. And that's that's what Zuckerberg is great at, is he's yep. taking the best of, you know, and cherry picking the best features from other places. Um, but I really, it started with a P, I think. Anyway, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, that was one with the live streaming I really, really liked, and it just went away. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, so football season is upon us. And yes! You guys, yes! One of your favorite teams had a big game. The Clemson-Texas A&M game was? Gut punch. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did not expect A&M to compete at that level. Um, and they had every opportunity to win that game. They didn't. Um, but as any good ag will tell you, we don't lose games. We just run out of time, right. ran out, ran out of time in that one. But I will yeah. tell you, I was very proud of the way they played. I think we got a quarterback in Kellen Mond. And I think the rule that as you dive for a touchdown and the ball goes out of bounds and so it becomes stupid. the other team's ball at the 20 yard line is the biggest crock of bullshit on the planet. Yeah, I, I I'm Bill. I'm Bill Petrie, and I approve that message. Yeah, there's about two, there's like two rules in football that are just so counterintuitive to anything else you do. Yeah, and that's one of them. I'm like, I thought that was a great game, and I agree with you. I think your Aggies showed up really well in that game. Yeah, I mean, it, they they you know, here's the thing: they had every opportunity to win that game, they didn't, and it's okay. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. And uh, we got outscored. We don't lose again. We got outscored, and uh, we'll play middle shit ball state this week and get right back on track. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Kirby. The next social media platform to die is? <sighs> I think it's probably going to be Snapchat. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like Snapchat, but I think that, again, <laughs> Instagram has has taken many of the features and, and kind of integrated it into a, a, a platform that people like better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm between Snapchat and Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, Twitter is, I think, lost a lot of its value. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my take on it. But I think they have more kind of foundational success to build upon. So if it, my guess is it's Snapchat. 
Okay. No, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. The best place to have a cocktail is... On the back 40 of my backyard. I love that. That is one of my favorite places on earth. I, I don't have neighbors behind me. We live uh, uh, in near a forest preserve in a green belt. And to sit out there as the sun is setting and I've got a, you know, maybe a vanilla old-fashioned in my hand, there is nothing. There are a few things better than that. There are a few it. things better than that. I, I love that. You know, I can go inside, I have music on. That's where I like to have a cocktail. I love it. Kirby, the first social media platform you were on was? Facebook, I believe. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, it, I, it's funny. I remember when Facebook sort of blew up and everyone was telling me um, that I should be on it and whatever. And I kind of, like, I was fairly early in the adoption, but I actually I remember going, okay, if I'm going to go in, I'm going in. Um, and uh, I almost immediately was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I was I was blown away how I could connect with people from college and from people from all over the United States. So I I, I did blogger in you know before that, mm-hmm. which I guess you could technically call it, but that, yeah. that was just more of a content piece. Um, but the 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 first time I really understood the power of social was through Facebook for sure. Not MySpace. Interesting. No, never was on MySpace. Okay, very interesting. Yep. All right, you got one more, Kirby. I do. One more. The thing you find yourself saying to Mitch and Drew all the time right now is? Guys, you're running late. Um, (laughs) They have zero concept of time. Um, It is a continual kick to the groin. They are late all the time. And God forbid you tell them, hey, you're running a little late. I know. I know what time it is. Um, I get a lot of that. So it's always like, guys, seriously. I said, we're going to leave at noon. It is now noon 02. And I'm cool. not rushing. Yeah, so it's time. it's time. I love it. Cool. All right, Kirby, I have got some rapid fire before we wrap up this Balsam Wood Level podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready, bro. You know the rules. <laughs> I do. I'll okay. do my best. You're going to pick either or. It's one or the other. Okay. It's, it, it, it's very simple. I say A and B, and you say a or B. It's very simple. Or, or C, right? Nope. Nope. A or B. All right. Okay. Ready? Yep. We're talking, we're talking soap today. <laughs> sure. Why wouldn't we be? Because of, because of course. Bar or body wash? Body wash. Nivea for men or suave? Uh, suave. Zest or dial? Zest. Dove or oil of Olay? Dove. Irish Spring or Old Spice? Irish Spring. Neutrogena or Caress? <laughs> Neutrogena. Lever 2000 or Coast? Coast. Avino or Safeguard? Avino. A soap bar made of compressed remnants of old bars of soap or just skip bathing altogether? Skip bathing altogether. That is the correct answer, Kirby. Yes. Congratulations on completing Rapid Fire in a manner of my choosing, which is the correct it. way. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know what else is cool, Kirby? It's our good friends at CommonSkew, and they do have that seamless software that's going to help you grow your distributor business. And they want to support and grow every entrepreneur in our industry. It's a platform that uh, streamlines the entire workflow and keeps everything organized from presentation to invoice. And I know you're interested in learning more. So why don't you go ahead and go to commaskew.com slash unscripted. You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, as always, it's been a pleasure to record at a platinum level with you today. And we'll talk to you soon.
Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.